only English-speaking station in Moscow. I just can't imagine my morning without two things. A cup of coffee and my favorite capital breakfast show. Dina and Talish, you're great. Best of the best. Each morning is really great and fun. Makes my morning so much better. Love you. This is Capital FM, Moscow, 105.3. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. With Alan Moore. Good evening, good evening, sports fans. Good evening, sports fans. Can we all hear me? I think we can. I think we can. We can hear me loud and clear. That was quite of a, a, a messy intro, but you can all hear me loud and clear now. So, folks, we have a superb show for you this Sunday evening. It is one degrees here and snowing. It's mid-April, but it's one degrees snowing here in Moscow, so it's not a very, very nice day, but we'll get on with it. Okay, so right now... We're going to have a news update from Mr. Andy McLean. Right after that, we have uh, Alex B. He has what day it is today. And right after him, we have the day in history from Mr. Peter P. And of course, later on the show, we will have some superb guests. We will have Louise Callagher, better known, Callagher, sorry, better known as Swift Girl Athletics. She will be giving us the lowdown of the lowdown, Mr. Sebco. We will have, of course, Andrew Flint phoning it in, as always, from Two Men. And of course, a little bit later on, we'll have Max Urbet with Mr. Max Scheitel. But first, over to the news. In the English Premier League today, the title race is still going on. Manchester City beat Crystal Palace away 3-1. Goals from Raheem Sterling twice and Gabriel Jesus. And uh, for Crystal Palace, their captain scored from an unfamiliar position, which wasn't the penalty spot. Milojevic getting one back for them there. Liverpool then went on to put themselves back top of the league, winning 2-0 against Chelsea. Goals there from Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. It keeps Liverpool two points ahead, but Manchester City still have a game in hand. In the Masters and golf, Tiger Woods is two shots clear to win his first Masters since 2005. Uh, last weekend, PSG striker or forward Eric Choupo-Moting gave everyone a little bit of advice, making sure that people don't muck up from two or even one yard. Over to you, Alan. Okay, thank you. So, uh, Woods right now, who's on minus 14, correct? He's 14 under. He's 14 under and... Chasing pack, three of them on 12 under. Okay, so it, it's, it's Tiger, basically, it's his to lose. Yes, at the moment, yeah. So, uh, before we go across, uh, Alex B, is that is that a story of the week? Or is that kind of a, let's, let's, let's look sideways at Tiger? Sideways at Tiger. I think yeah. a few people have looked sideways at him a few times. <laughs> uh, I think it's a huge story. I mean, for someone to come back from back trouble <laughs> the other troubles yeah yeah um yeah incredible um and seems to be holding his nerve with two holes left so, oh. so to speak okay he knows where to put his holes okay right uh, alex b what have we got today what is today Today is the international moment of laughter day and uh, reach as high as you can day folks if you haven't reached as far as you can you're missing out and the International Laughter Day, Alex. And the, oh, Moment of Laughter Day. Moment of Laughter. Well, we're going to have a few of those We're going to have quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we usually do. All right, Peter P. Today in history. So, born today in 1966, we have MMA's very own Anderson Silva, who is 44. Also, 154 years ago, today, in, in 1865, Abraham Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth. 
Okay. Uh, There's your laugh a day. There there was your moment. (laughs) Well, he did die one day later, so, uh, like, let's give him that. Okay, so he survived. He survived just a little bit. Okay. So, So, what else? Yeah, a couple of uh, uh, shout outs uh, to give. First of all, happy birthday to major leaguers uh, Greg Maddox and David Justice. And last but not least, Alec Peters, happy birthday to you. Yeah, is it, it was his birthday yesterday, so that's a good call. So, yeah, Alec, belated happy birthday to you. Um, we should have all wished you yesterday from Capital Sports because you were a superb guest. We, of course, brought you into manhood, into our studio because it was your first ever in radio. <laughs> Peter, Peter's laughing and shaking his head. Peter, you entered manhood in uh, Verona, so let's just leave that there. Uh, <laughs> wow. All, right. all these toothless jokers playing banjos. So. <laughs> all right. There's our laughter day straight away. Okay. Peter's going to give right. it back for that d- one. D- don't make me bring up those magazines. Uh. Right. Oh. <laughs> right, let's not go there. That's more than a moment of laughter. Yeah, that, that's a moment. That's a we're kind of forcing the moment of laughter here. Let's. Yeah, that is just pure nutter tears. Okay. Um, let's move on very, very quickly. So... Um, Andy, you were looking at a few sports stories. We all were looking at sports stories this week and, of course, front page and back, well, back page of all the papers around the world. Uh, Andy, what have you turned up? What has caught your attention? There were a few big ones this weekend. Uh, I think the, the main one in the UK papers was a potential takeover at Chelsea. They're looking at a 2.5 billion takeover, which would be an end of an era, um, potentially for, for, for Roman Abramovich. Um, I think that's probably the the biggest one going. A few of the other ones were suggesting that uh, Tottenham Hotspur have a major injury crisis ahead of their second leg Champions League. We'll see oh. Harry Kane. Well, Harry hobbled Kane off. hobbled off, yeah. Um, and then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is now fearing. Finally, that those mountains are getting bigger and bigger each time for him to climb. Uh, he, he seems to be a bit fearful about the tactics against Barcelona after they uh, limped really to a to a two one win over West Ham yesterday. Okay, I mean, well, the win of West. Okay, it's fair enough. I mean, today as well, I saw like uh, you know Liverpool. Of course, they came home. They won. Man City looked a bit wobbly at points though today, didn't they? I think there they, there were, there were a couple of wobbles, but expected. But two 0 up from there on in, I think they were they they were good for the three points. They were within themselves, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Alex, what have you turned up for us uh, this this weekend? Oh, uh, well, for all you American sports fans out there, right now, you may know that right now is the most uh, intriguing time of the year. Of course, the playoffs have begun for both NBA and NHL. So um, I'm just going to cover some of the NBA, so what's going on right now. So yesterday, a lot of games took place, and uh, a lot of underdogs actually beat some big teams, which was kind of... Well, anything can happen in the playoffs. So, uh, of course, in the Western Conference, the San Antonio Spurs played the Denver Nuggets and uh, won that game. So they're up by one. And the Golden State Warriors faced the LA Clippers. And, of course, Golden State dominated that game start to finish. Then uh, and over in the East, some atrocious things are going on because uh, the Orlando Magic, I don't know what they were doing, but that Magic proved too much for the Raptors as the Orlando Magic won by three points. Are you sad with that one? Uh, well, you never know, you never know. Okay, so for, we'll, 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 we'll be back, we'll be the back. The Raptors will roar back, okay, fair enough. Well, of course, Kyle Lowry with that zero-point stat line. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Okay, go then, ahead. And of course, the D'Angelo Russell-led Brooklyn Nets uh, won by nine points over the Philadelphia 76ers, which was maybe yesterday's most strange game because Brooklyn Nets number six, Philadelphia number three. Of course, Philadelphia has four to five all-stars. 
Brooklyn Nets doesn't have one all-star. So they did, so they won that game, which is kind of weird. So Boston Celtics versus Indiana Pacers is actually going on as we speak. But don't get your hopes up, Peter, because they looked up their results. And uh, so far, the Indiana is up by 13 points. And Milwaukee versus Detroit is yet to happen. Same with Houston versus Utah and Portland versus OKC. Peter, what? to you. What time did they throw in, by the way? Just so our listeners Excuse know. What time, what time did they throw in? Those oh, two games. Um, the two games. Uh, Houston versus Utah. Well... One second. Okay, let's go to Peter. Come back to, oh, to that one. Right. Okay, all right, all right Peter. Uh, so NHL. All right, today playing today we have Winnipeg uh, versus St. Louis at seven seven thirty. We have San Jose versus Vegas in ten. Right now, uh, playing uh, Islanders versus Pittsburgh. Islanders actually leading two to one. No way. So uh, don't know. Actually, don't don't know if the Pittsburgh are going to come back and win this game, but. Tampa Bay is going to play uh, Blue Jackets at 7, and uh, uh, they might have a chance now because uh, Kucherov has been suspended for one game, and Kucherov, of course, is uh, probably one of, if not uh, the best player of the of the season. Uh, he, I, think, I believe, has had the most assists and overall points, so Blue Jackets... Might, might win, yeah. Yeah, might, they, might well, win. I mean, yeah, they, they, they without him, they could definitely it's, a great loss. For li, li, with that, with the um, with Kucherov out, why is he out? Well, what's he suspended for? Uh, he got. Um, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure exactly. I'm a bit too. My, my mind is a bit foggy on that. But also, forgot to mention Nazim Kadri, uh, uh, a Leafs player actually, Al, <laughs> oh, is facing a three-game <laughs> suspension. Or so. So Bruins. Bruins, Bruins are definitely gonna, gonna, they're gonna, gonna get one back. The, what, why is he suspended? For? Is it for uh, checking? Well, yeah, cross check, cross, cross check checking. of the face. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty nasty. All right. A couple of big stories as well for you in the rugby this weekend that were kind of. Um, a lead up to what you were going to mention later is one uh, the England 2003 Rugby World Cup winning team have been accused of using fake blood. And, uh, as well also, as the Leicester team did. As, Was as, it Leicester? Uh, Harlequins. Harlequins, sorry, Harlequins. Um, and also Land Rover uh, considering cutting ties with England forward Billy Vanapolo over his support for a homophobic message on social media this week. Was that so the one by big, Israel it, Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. So a few big things happening in rugby that could uh, could, could be some big shake-ups here I read, or there. I read uh, Ugo Monye, who played with that uh, Saracens team as well, because it was Tom, I can't think of his guy's name, Tom, the, uh, the player who went off. It was basically, the, the whole idea was... Tom Elliott. I Tom Elliott. Um, Saracens are playing uh, Leinster, the Irish team. Uh, of course, Saracens from England. Harlequins. Or, excuse me, Harlequins. Yeah, he's, Sar- Saracens, that's this weekend. Uh, so, Saracens, uh, Harlequins, playing Leinster. And, uh, of course, the guy, they needed to get a substitute in, a substitute kicker. And they had a, a blood capsule that they'd bought in a joke shop which the player put in his mouth, exploded and said he has to go off as a blood substitute and they got the guy who was injured to come back in. Now, Leinster went yeah. on to win the game. The, the officials and the Leinster coaches and the, they were going down to the dressing room banging on the door saying, let's, let's, let, let's see this the because... Yeah, this cup because this is, this is not real because it looked completely fake. I was watching that game. It was like... Why is he injured? I well, I think com- everyone said at the time, didn't they? The that they, they, said they, that they, they were all aware of what was happening. It was the exactly. players on the pitch didn't have a clue. Exactly. And the, the, the officials and that, they were screaming blue murder. And inside in this medical room where the uh, Harlequins uh, team were, the team doctor, or team medic, Wendy, I can't think of her family name, uh, basically, she was there 
saying, okay, well, we don't know what to do. And he's like, cut me, cut me. Like this, like Rocky. Like, cut me, Mickey, cut me. <laughs> you know? Uh, like to cut his eye open. That's true. That's what you said. Cut me, Mickey, cut me. <laughs> uh, no, like that. Uh, but um, as I said last week, I'm not brain damaged enough to do. So Wendy's got a very deep voice. Wow. He does, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, long story short, basically, uh, the guy said, I'll cut myself. And she said, no. Okay. So she cut his lip with a, with a scalpel. And, of course, then it all got found out. Everyone knew that he, he'd used his fake blood, and he was suspended. He, went, he spent for a year, got a compensation, but went and got it reduced to four months. And one of his teammates, Ugo Monia, who, of course, played for England as well, a very good English player, he turned around and said, like, you know, oh, like, it's, it's disgraceful what he did because, like, he kind of sold out and he shouldn't have said anything and so on. So he said, if I was told to do it, I would do it. Dean Richards, of course, the head coach, or the director of rugby of, of Harlequins, he was suspended and so on. So it was just a absolute joke but now England did the same thing well that's what they're being accused of um, whether it's true in or not I, 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 I don't remember I don't really remember specifically no. any blood replacements in that but no. it, I mean it was a long time ago but um, I can't really think of I mean not in the final no against Australia or the, se- the, the semi-final as well I mean I, not, I don't think so not, not for kicking purposes no, anyway Johnny Wilkinson was on the whole time yeah so, I don't know, that's a, that's a bit of a strange one. Okay, Alex, you have the, the times of those. Uh, uh, yes, yes. So, um, for Trailblazers versus Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, is going to start in slightly more than an hour, uh, 10.30 p.m. today. And uh, tomorrow at 2 a.m., you can watch Bucks versus Pistons. And, of course, Celtics and Pacers are at halftime right now with 45-38 in favour of the Celtics. 45-38. So, they've actually pulled back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. actually, yesterday, Steph Curry broke the all-time NBA playoffs no. three-point. Yeah, Ray Allen's three-point um, scoring record. That is sensational. Yeah. Okay, folks, we have to do. We, we, we have a prize <laughs> to give away this week. 1,500 rubles of a gift voucher to Silvers and Korskaya um, for food and drink, of course. Question is quite simple. Okay, plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Raheem Sterling plays for Man City or Man United. So Raheem Sterling plays for Man City, Man United. I look at these blank faces all around me. And no, Peter, you can't take part in this, and you can't Google it. So plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. Raheem Sterling plays for Man City or Man United. Fifteen hundred rubles worth of a gift voucher to Silvers on Kurskaya. Right, um, Andy. Before we go away. Um, English title we'll speak about it a little bit with Louise Carroll in just a few minutes is it over? the English the ti- Premier League title chase a- absolutely not it's still very much on uh, Man City obviously with the game in hand they have the tougher run in than Liverpool um, but they've been there and done it before and Liverpool um, s- sorry Stephen Gerrard um, have slipped before <laughs> yeah but uh, obviously I mean, Denver Bar was out this weekend before the Liverpool-Chelsea game as well um, sort of mocking Stephen Gerrard a little bit saying he has no sympathy whatsoever for what happened have obviously have many of those uh, the Liverpool players played in that game I think was there any today playing I don't think there was um, was Mo Salah playing for no, no who was playing for Chelsea that day that's now Liverpool no no that was now, that was uh, Chelsea today in the Chelsea side the back then I mean they had Denver Bar he was up front because I think somebody was suspended. Costa, maybe, or... Okay, Costa, okay. Because I think there was no Liverpool players. James, then, James, M- James Milner, maybe? Was he not still with Man City? Not sure. Okay, well, we'll check it. Folks, you can, you can no. text him. Plus 795-1111. Were there any players? Like, we'll ask Louise later on. She'll let us know. Okay, we are going to go out to the break right now. We're going to give you guys a bit of a rest from us. We'll come back with Louise Carroll in a few minutes. Uh, however, we have a, a song that I think just sums up what we all think about sports. This is I Love It and Icona Pop.
No think went on? No? Yeah, no, we're still on there. Does it, sorry, folks, we just have a little bit of a mess up here with this, uh, with this um, set, I should say. But don't worry, we're going to come back. Uh, Andy, just uh, across the Russian League, some big, big turnarounds today in the Russian League. So big results today, and it looks like Zenit's title, it's theirs for the losing. Yeah, certainly uh, looks that way after Spartak Moscow dropped um, three very valuable points away at Rostov, who hadn't been in great form. Uh, Spartak had equalised through uh, Zoblin, but then ended up losing in the 80th minute. That now leaves them trailing Zenit by 12 points and staring at a very uphill task with Lokomotiv, Krasnodar, both on 42, and CSKA, who lost to Orenburg yesterday on 40. OK, so folks, we are going to go out to the break right now with, again, once more, with Icona and I Love It. With Alan Moore. Station in Moscow. Turn it up. The one and only English speaking station.
I hope you enjoyed that uh, little bit of an out. Sorry, we just have some technical difficulties here with our phone call across to Ireland, but all is going well right now. So, um, okay, we're going to go straight through. Uh, Andy, continue the roundup of Russian football just so while we're waiting for Lee's to uh, get on the line. So the Russian football today, Zenit St. Petersburg beat Angie Makachkala 5-0 to continue their dominance of the Russian Premier League. It means that next week, uh, big games... Moscow Derby, Lokomotiv Moscow against CSKA. Uh, Spartak travel to lowly Yenisei in the hope of getting their season very much back on track. Uh, in other, other football news across Europe, uh, the Italian Serie A title has gone to one more week after Juventus refielded their youngsters reserve side uh, against Serie A's only village team and lost 2-1 to Spau. It means that obviously there's nothing dodgy going on. But Juventus will now play Fiorentina to win the title at home on the 50th anniversary since Fiorentina, their great rivals, beat them on home soil to secure their last title. In Formula One, a car has won the 1,000th race. Uh, the overpriced go-kart was driven by Lewis Hamilton. It's his 75th championship victory and his first, I think, for a, for a couple of weeks. He was um, low on the, on the grid but was in control from an early early round the big scandal there was over in ferrari where uh, the new driver leclerc was told to let his teammate vettel overtake despite the fact he was actually pulling away from him also in the nba they said goodbye to two big stars in Dwayne wade and dirk Nowitzki. barack obama actually tweeted out that he had to give up his favorite job because of his dodgy knees and stopped putting his big balls through hoops to take up a presidency role yes he said that he didn't say that bit, okay, but he did, well, yeah. he, he, he did say he gave up because of his dodgy knees. Okay. Um, listen, just, just, uh, just on, on basketball, guys, um, how important right now are the playoffs compared to March Madness? Well, um, I mean, March Madness is this college, I think. Well, more people are obviously watching the finals. That's what's all the end of playoffs. That's what puts people in the Hall of Fame. And, of course, professional is always going to... I mean, college is just going to... Just the future was going to happen, but it's just like the people that are, uh, well, it's like the people that are doing well in March Madness, is what I'm trying to say, are going to, who's going to go in the NBA, what's going to happen, like Zion Williamson, but the NBA is the present and what's ultimately happening right now. And what is happening is the Warriors are the heavy favorite to dominate yet again for another straight year. Really? No? Peter, you say no? No, I'm saying pretty much. Pretty much, okay. That's, that is fair enough. Uh, Andy, this, over in Scotland, it looks like uh, Celtic are on the way to uh, another double. So it's going to be 10 doubles in a row? Uh, treble. Treble, uh, sorry. This, this could be a treble treble. So Celtic won their um, FA Cup semi-final against Aberdeen. It seems to be a recurring theme that Derek McInnes, the manager of Aberdeen, ends up losing to Celtic some, at some point at Hamden, depending on which round it is. Um, Celtic will now play Hearts in the final. Um, obviously, they've, they've got a fairly comfortable lead over Rangers in the league, so that that's the big game now for them in in Scotland is to try and secure a historic and unprecedented treble. Treble. Okay, that is fair enough. Um, here, of course, we mentioned Zenit there well on the way, but Lokomotiv did a great win last night. I was watching that game down in uh, in Grozny against Ahmad. 
They were pretty impressive, has to be said. I think they've peaked. Um, whether it's at the right time or the wrong time in the season, certainly um, they're, they're probably going to struggle to catch Zenit. But if, they, if they'd have been playing football like that earlier in the season, Champions League, we we might be looking at a different prospect entirely for, yeah. for, for their season. Um, it's a real shame that it's come so late, but if it secures some Champions League football again and a, um, a bit more of a transfer war chest to see what they can do next season, then brilliant. Let them have it. Okay. We have to move. Okay, it's something I'm always loath to do, but we do have to talk about UFC. There's a big UFC card. Uh, uh, by the way, I did a boxing card last night as well, which was an absolute rip off. But UFC. Okay, oh, I'll let you guys yeah. discuss it. I'm going to sit back and close my mouth. Oh well, <laughs> yesterday, um, yes, yesterday UFC 236 happened, and uh, two of the best lightweights in the world, aside from Khabib and Tony, have squared off to see who's going to fight Khabib for the championship belt next. And Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier ultimately Dustin Poirier beat Max Holloway and now he's going to be facing Khabib Nurmagomedov in September so they both agreed to the fight and also Israel Adesanya squared off against Kelvin Gastelum for the middleweight for the for the now vacant middleweight championship and uh, well of course uh, the current reigning champion he was he went to the hospital so um Robert Whitaker. He went to the hospital, and now they're um, for the. In- so now Israel Adesanya is the interim world champion. I read uh, or, or saw an interview um, last week from some Russian-based UFC or MMA fighters who said they they think it's entirely unfair that they have to go through years of training and hundreds of fights before they're really given any kind of a shot at a title in the UFC. Do you, I'm 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 not a big fan of UFC, but would you guys agree with that? Well, honestly, the stats are. Technically, that that is true because Khabib Nurmagomedov had to go twenty five and zero before they allowed him to fight for the championship, and that was his first title shot. Yeah, that was twenty five unbeaten. It yeah. was last year, and his whole life he went uh, undefeated. So last year only they gave him like a title shot. And they say some of the uh, they, they were saying some of the U.S. fighters and European based fighters are only having to fight three, sometimes you know less, uh, one or two. If they've just got a big high profile, they've come from another sport. Oh. They're thrown into the deep end with a title shot. Uh, well, actually, Brock Lesnar, I think it was like his second or third fight yeah. in the UFC when he got a title shot. So, And he yeah. lost, right? No, no, he won. He won, he was, yeah. So okay, so it was kind of justified. <laughs> yeah, so he was, like, he was actually like the UFC champion. He was like on the cover of like the official like UFC like video game. and uh, But obviously, he's not... Um, no disrespect to him, he's a great athlete, but in, in UFC, he's not really on par with like the John Joneses and the Cormiers and all those guys. Did he defend it? Uh, I think like once or twice he defended it, but I think but he had five he's fights. Still which, Is he still going? Uh, well, well, he's in the WWE right now, and he's uh, thinking so he's, about returning. Yeah, yeah, but, okay. No, but he's thinking about fighting Daniel Cormier, but obviously it's going to be a one-sided story. I, I would not recommend he comes back, but it's going to be it's going to sell a lot of tickets. So. Well, they need to kind of replace uh, a certain whiskey-drinking, bus-bashing... <laughs> yeah. He is selling his whiskey as well, so it's not so bad. But by the way, um, last week, of course, we had a WWE, WrestleMania, yeah. and an Irish woman is now champion of the world. Yeah, of course, and uh, winning over uh, Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, and uh, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah she is Oh, this was the, uh, the three-way... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lady uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Oh, yeah, right. It was called three-way. The triple threat. The triple threat match. Sorry, yeah, yeah not the three-way. Yeah. But it was no, it was. But uh, I didn't see it, obviously. But what else? How did Brock Lesnar do? 
I think he lost. I think Seth Rollins is the world champion. I think. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Barack Lesnar, they've always scheduled him to, well, he won fair and square these all fights for like several years. They had him just... So essentially what they do, they'd have him as champion. Then once, like twice a year, maybe he'd come back. Like there'd be some guy like Roman Reigns just like winning, winning, and winning. Then he'd go out, challenge Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar would come in, just destroy that person. Then leave for another half a year. Then... Somebody else would be on, would just run through the division. Brock Lesnar would come back. A, a never-ending like, loop, so. Yeah, so um, it's kind of crazy that he lost this time. And of course, the Undertaker actually came back yesterday. Oh, brilliant! Oh, yeah. the Mrs. Father fought, was there as well, wasn't he? Oh uh, no, it's actually a very funny. Uh, it's actually pretty. It's a WWE style story. <laughs> uh, they had a um, well. Of course, he retired last year, and uh, this year he. So there's like this guy who's like thing is that he's like a musician. So he so he was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna freestyle rap. So he said uh, something along the lines of like, next. Per-, so he ended it with saying, next person who interrupts clean. me is a dead man, and the Undertaker, also known as the Dead Man, came in and interrupted him. So technically, he's he didn't not wrong. attach himself to a coffin and a car, did he? Oh, no. he, no, no, he was no, giving his horrible. little freestyle rap. That would be horrible. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'd watch that. Shout out, Big Show. <laughs> Shouts out, Big Show. Shouts out, Big Show. Okay, so uh, WWE, uh, UFC. Of course, then there was a boxing fight last night as well. Jamie Munguia was fighting uh, Dennis Hogan, of course, an Irishman based down in Australia. It was probably the worst, worst boxing season I've seen in a long, long time. Oh, yeah. you see, you saw like uh, n- no, but I just know that like now boxing is just going, just just doing very bad. Complete joke, Alex. Complete yes. joke. I mean, it was uh, Oscar, Oscar De La Hoya uh, is the manager and promoter for Munguia. He's just like, and it was in Mexico City. Yeah, of course. Hogan went in and bet him, like bet him by two clear rounds. I I scored about three rounds. Well, three rounds for sure that were close. Yeah, I gave them to the champion because that's the way you should do it. Even still, Hogan beat him convincingly, and I had him just winning by two rounds, as in being more on the side of the, the champion. So it was just as great. Everybody, everybody, like uh, you know, um, all like heavyweight fighters are going, "What the hell is this? Like, this is just an absolute joke," you know. The only thing I've seen of boxing in the last fo- uh, fortnight was the the guy that had a bit of bite about him. I can't remember his name. The fellow that tried to take uh, a, a chunk out of the uh, the other guy's abdomen. Oh. Well, um, oh, when he when he pulled what was down his name? taking a page out of Tyson Cash book. Cash Alley, yeah. Cash Alley, uh, for biting David Price. That's it, right. Yeah, described it as not a true reflection of who I am. Good news, Cash Alley is not a cannibal. <sighs> I mean, his mother would be very proud of him. Like you know, she'd send him off to school to not be a cannibal. But I mean, that's the way it goes. Like you know, but still, it's uh, it's not good. Just one thing actually happened. Uh, by the way, after nine minutes, can you guess what derby took place today? The biggest derby of all. So it's some soccer sort of Gaelic game. sport. No, 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 no. It's a football game, soccer game. Uh, biggest was, game of the weekend. Was it the Eternal? Which one? Croatia? No. No, no, no God, no, no, no. no. Uh, big derby. Big derby. Today. Think about it, huge. Nine minutes of injury time added to the end of the second half. Nine minutes, that's 10% of the whole game added on to the end of the second half. It finished 1-1, there was a red card. Two teams playing? No? Oh... The Istanbul Derby, Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, those are the tip your tongues. Tip your tongues. You were there. You had yeah. it. You had it. So it finished one-one, folks. Because I know we do have a lot of listeners in Turkey, because we know that from our podcast downloads, uh, Capital Sports Moscow, on our podcast as well. Um, and I mean that is just phenomenal. Like, I mean that, that like that that experience going to a football match in Turkey, especially either Fener or Gala, 
unbelievable. And I remember many, many years ago, about 10 years ago, more, when they were building, 2008, when they were building the um, this Moscow City Complex and the Galatasaray, I think it was, or Fener- I can't remember who it was, Fenerbahce or Galatasaray, came. they won the league for the first time in many years and a gigantic banner was stretched across the Moscow City, like showing that like we were the champions. So it was kind of a... You know, you didn't want to be a fan of your team, like, and get battered. Title, title race kept open there yesterday as well with uh, Bajiktas beating league leaders. I'm not even going to try and say it properly. So I'm j- I, no, Basakeshia. Basakeshia? The, 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 new, the newest club uh, within Turkey who are top of the table at the moment. Um, I believe, it, I, I, I read a brilliant story about them that something like 11 years ago or 30, when they just started out, uh, their average home attendance was about 13 people. <laughs> That's and a, and yeah. they are now on course to win the Turkish Super League. Not too bad. Okay, uh, Peter, will you have a, a, well, an update? Yeah, uh, we're taking it to golf now. Tiger Woods uh, wins uh, a Masters at Augusta. If I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. That's but right, yeah. His That's first major title since 2008, I believe. So he has won it. But, yeah, first first major title since 2008, first Masters since 2005. His kids were actually standing at the 18th hole, so this will be the first time that they'll have actually seen their father do what everyone had been talking about him do, uh, which is win something. You know what? I saw him when he was only starting out to pro tour in Canada. I saw him play in a small Canadian tournament. Oh. Uh, seriously, up in, um, was it Sudbury? I think it was in Sudbury in Ontario. Oh, yeah. I saw him playing. I didn't know who he was. I mean, people were talking, oh, Tiger was... He was just some guy walking down, and he, I, I don't even know if he won it, but he was, he was playing, like, you know, and it was kind of, it was interesting because I, I had put no notice on him, because like, there was, um, I thought yeah. there was a few good Canadian golfers, and I wanted to see Fred Couples, but mm. I didn't see him. So, yeah. so, sorry, Alex, you have a Yeah, a, a, a uh, another thing, uh, you mentioned Oscar De La Hoya. It's also, I just want to mention that he's the man who made uh, the atrocious fight between uh, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz happen. That was him? Yeah, he made that. Oh, happen. Golden Boy Promotions, yes, Golden Boy Promotions. So, uh, yes, yes, I don't. Yes. So, honestly, like, I don't think this guy really cares about the sport of boxing anymore because he made that. Of course, Chuck Liddell has been retired for like ten years now, and he's not fit to fight in any way. And of course, that fight did nothing good for Tito Ortiz or Chuck Liddell. But ultimately, it was a money fight. So, um, Oscar De La Hoya did what he did best and made that fight happen just to get some more money in his pocket. So, That's uh, it. And I do remember Oscar De La Hoya fighting in the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, watching. And he was just like, yeah, he was sitting beside. So it was a pro manager, pro coach. And they're like, this guy is going to be the next big thing in boxing. Yeah. Like he, and he, he, he was. He was phenomenal then. But in Ireland at the time, we were just all caring about our own boxers. We, we had our first ever gold medal in boxing. Yeah. And it was just like phenomenal. And we got silver as well. It was like all in the space of an hour. We won yeah. silver and then gold. And it was just like unbelievable. But no, uh, De La Hoya, I don't know. I, I I won't say too much because like we get ourselves into big, big trouble. But, but, uh, but yeah. I don't have a whole lot of respect for what you He's yeah. a very good promoter. He does things well, oh, yeah. but he's messed up boxing too much. And also what's going on in boxing right now is nothing good because... Because they're essentially have heavyweights, they're just like avoiding big fights. So, and money fights is how you make sports popular. And uh, right now, by them avoiding these fights, it's nothing. Nothing. They're not doing the sport any favors. No. Dead on. Dead on. Okay. So again, folks, uh, you've got another segment to give us that answer for the fifteen hundred rubles voucher for food and drink in Silvers on Korskaya. Who does? Raheem starting play for is it Man City or Man United okay we're going to go out to the break we're still going to believe in sport we're still going to have a bit of fun uh, and we're going to I, I don't know we, we have to be positive so we're going to go out with uh, Smash Mouth and I'm a Believer 
with Alan Moore. Uh, we finally sorted our little bit of a technical issue and uh, we're okay we're good to go so is Andy um, so we we have someone on the line and I have to say she's she was nervous of course um, for joining us for a number of reasons one is because her beloved Liverpool were playing today but of course as Andy told us they have won so she is in a little bit of a better place right now so we're going to go all the way to Ireland to I can't say what, what part of Ireland it is in Dublin. So we're going to say hello to Swiftguard Athletics, Miss Louise Carter. Louise, how are you doing? Louise, can you hear us? No? No, Louise? We'll try again. Louise, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Lovely, loud and clear. Okay, Louise, listen, um, 
first of all, welcome onto the show. I know we've, we, we've spoken with you before and we wanted to get you in a little bit sooner as well. How are the nerves after the, uh, the Liverpool game? Much better. Okay, that is good to hear. So listen, Louise, um, a huge story this week, okay, huge story this past week. Uh, it seems that um, a certain knight of the realm has done no wrong, Mr. Sebastian Coe, um, who, of course, most people know he was an Olympic champion. He was like a great runner and so on and so forth, uh, a member of British Parliament. And he was also head of the 2012 uh, bid to bring uh, the uh, Olympic Games to London. Of course, he went on then to head up the World Cup bid as well for 2018, which, of course, they failed. Um, however... Uh, he is now head of the International Athletics uh, Amateur Athletics Federation, but all is not quite as it seems, is it? No, not quite. Um, it seems that uh, he suffers from a, a similar um, infliction as Mo Farah in that he doesn't seem to hear a lot. <laughs> um, things might be said in his vicinity and he tends to miss them. Okay, well, at least he, does, he probably answers the door when the doorbell rings, as not with Mo, Mo Farah's case. But okay, let's move on. So he doesn't hear people telling him uh, information. No, um, he was um, phoned and emailed um, by a man called Dave Bedford, who's quite high up in the London Marathon Organisation Committee. And um, he got this call to tell him about um, a lot of information that Mr. Bedford had about Russian doping, um, about Lilia Sobakova, um, who was at the time the second fastest marathon runner of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had uh, paid about half a million euros to cover up positive tests, and that she was also being blackmailed by senior IAAF officials. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just let's, let's take a step back. So... She failed a drug test, so she was doping. Let's just call a spade a spade. Um, but she paid a bribe to have her test cleaned and that people yeah. high up in the IWF were taking this money to have her test cleaned, correct? Correct. And Mr. Coe knew nothing about this? Well, he received a phone call and an email in June of 2014. Um, and then... He, these were followed up by Mr. Bedford with text in both August and September of 2014. Um, and then Bedford also spoke to Coe in person on no, in November of 2014. Uh, but in December of 2014, Seb was still claiming to have no knowledge of this. Okay, so let's move it on a little bit, okay? So we'll move it on a little bit. So the years passed. We know that Lamine Dayak, who was head of the IWF, um, who was run out of town, basically, and he's under in- investigation in France for some, let's just say, not such uh, au fait dealings. Um, Cole now sits at the top of athletics, but essentially his own uh, body have cleared him, said that there's nothing to see here, or am I reading that wrong? Yes, they said that there's insufficient evidence to proceed and to lay disciplinary charges. And so this seems to be relatively common in British sport. If nobody talks, then nobody gets in trouble. And we've seen it with the Jiffy Bag, and with Dr. Freeman's laptop, and with Mo Farah's L-carnitine infusion. Well, of course, nobody can quite remember. Yeah, they so seem to be very forgetful. And it seems to be that again. Yeah, that does seem to be a bit odd, all right. And Andy here has a question beside me. Yeah, hi. In 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 terms of the the, the legal aspect of this, 
is it as simple as being forgetful and that gets you off the hook? I mean, is is, is there an alternate way round that people can can really dig deeper into the sport and clean it up if if it's as simple as saying, um, sorry, forgot? Yeah, it seems crazy, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like if a lay person, you know, forgot something that was as integral to their job as as this was to Steph Coes, that there would be some sort of, you know, um, follow-up or something would be done about it. But it seems at the highest levels of sport, um, being forgetful is actually, you know, quite beneficial and it seems to get you out of a lot of trouble. What's what what what's the way forward then in terms of this? It, is is it just going to take a massive shake up? People maybe resign in order to uh, to get athletics and other sport back on the right track of, of of being open and honest about what's really going on. Yeah, I think that this um, it does seem to be very much an old boys club. Lamine um, Diak obviously was in charge. Um, Seb has taken over. He was vice president under Diak. And he called him his spiritual leader. Um, so they probably have similar views on how to run an organization. Um, Seb's vice, uh, co-vice president at the time was Sergei Bobka, who is currently under investigation as well. And Seb's number two man, uh, Nick Davies, was, was also under investigation, all to do with, you know, taking bribes, giving bribes, organizing bribes. So well, it probably is that there needs to be a clear out at the highest levels. Well, let's 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 move away from that because we also know as well that uh, Seb Coe, he's heavily involved with Nike, correct? Uh, yes, he was when he um, took over at the IWS, and numerous people pointed out that that was a huge conflict of interest. Um, again, he he didn't hear that for a while. <laughs> And then when he did hear it, he seemed not to understand it. Um, but he did eventually um, step back from that from that role. I mean, there is that uh, there is that issue, of course, we know with Nike. And um, okay, the let's just say, oh, this is color. What it is cheating going on in this uh, in in the uh, Nike uh, in Oregon? This um, this running base that's led. Well, you can explain more about the, the coaches. We've covered it here in the show, of course, before. But, uh, you know, where the head coach, the head guy, was testing um, quite dangerous drugs on his own son. And that's where, of course, Mo Farah was training and, and a number of other British athletes as well. So, you know, there's all these lines, this kind of like a spider web gathered around this one man who sits at the top of athletics. And he's linked to all these, like, let's just say questionable people. Um, in, in, over in Nike, over in Oregon, uh, they also got the World Athletics Championships as well, didn't they? They did, and I know there is currently an investigation into that, um, given that there were payments for the Doha Championship, and there were a number of payments for, for the championships in Rio and in other places that have come to light. Alan mentioned that big spider's web going everywhere. I mean, is, is anything going to change if we just splat that spider and the new one takes over the web? Um, I, I don't know, um, but I think it's, it's certainly a chance worth taking. Um, we're certainly not going anywhere with this guy in charge. Um, I mean, he seems to just, there's corruption all around him. Um, his predecessor was corrupt. His his co-vice chair was corrupt. Uh, his number two was corrupt. And he expects us to believe that, um, you know, corruption only happens directly above and below him. 
but that he was not involved or not aware of any of this. Okay, well, okay. Again, we're not we're not saying that uh, Septic Seb Coe was in any way um, corrupt or has any dodgy dealings. He's just been kind of. Nor did I mean kill him when I said splat. Of course, yeah, of course, Andy. <laughs> I got that. I did, I did understand that. By the way, this isn't capital punishment right now. But um, look, I mean, you know, you, you do get tarred with the same brush. Like we, we know that, like say, you know, Mo Farah tra- training with Mister Aiden. You know, when Aiden has been you know caught with drugs and been involved with a lot of doping, that that tars him with the same brush. But honestly, Louise, do do the, the watching public care? Do, do the governments care that are giving the money for this? Because we saw in Russia where there were huge issues where not so much blind eye, but just kind of like, well, you know, we're winning medals, so let's just go ahead with it. So do the public care? Do the governments care? No, and nowhere near enough. I mean, this seems like a fairly cut and dry case with, with Seth Coe. You know, a guy has come out and said... I can show you the emails that I sent to Seb, that I told him this information. And I've actually seen those emails. And they were titled um, Strictly Private and Confidential and Important um, with High Priority. Um, and he can prove that he sent these and he can prove that he phoned Seb and he can prove that he followed up with text messages. It's fairly obvious that, you know, Seb was aware um, and as Dave Bedford said, you know, without a doubt, he knew the content of those emails. And um, so it should be very easy to solve this one to say, you know, Seb, you dropped the ball here. You were aware. You didn't do anything about it. And then when the ARD documentary came out, you had to pretend that you weren't aware because you hadn't done the right thing. Well, well hold on, Louise. Um, it it what, seems pretty cut and dry. But one second now, just to defend Seb, he was hill walking in the Swiss Alps at one point wasn't he? So, and he had no mobile phone coverage No, he actually took the phone call Oh, he took the phone call, sorry, okay, sorry He took the phone call, yes Okay, so he okay, he's aware of it. Okay, listen. Okay, we we I think Seb has lined himself up for a victim on our capital punishment. Uh, probably not this week, but definitely next week. Next week, I reckon. Um, for Mo Farah, now you you have been very much at the forefront of trying to explain the dodgy links that he has and you have been shut down over this am i right um yeah well i think again it's you know as as andy said when there's medals coming in when people are winning nobody wants to see you know how the sausages are made for want of a better word <laughs> um, they just, definitely not they just want the parades <laughs> and the open top buses and the medals and to be on a league of their own and, uh, you know, doing the Mubat, and nobody wants to talk about the fact that this is one of the greatest transformations in the history of sport. Right. So, I mean, I mean we, we, we've, like, I've, I've been shouting about that here in Russia for many years, and not just in Russia, when I was in Croatia as well, and saying, you know, there's something dodgy when you see a, a, an absolute explosion in results from one player, and all of a sudden it's like, hold on, that, 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 that shouldn't be right. I mean... There is um, a sort of a gradient of, of improvement, and um, this doesn't happen. Because Mo Farah, of course, he wasn't uh, a superstar junior, and even until quite late in his, like in his 20s, he wasn't uh, burning up the track, was he? No, he struggled to make world finals. Um, he was quite decent at European level. Um, but as we know, particularly in the distance events, that doesn't tend to transfer into world because you have the Kenyans, the Ethiopians... Even the Americans, you know, much stronger. So, um, 
Mo was training with one of the best coaches in the UK. Um, his name is Alan Story. And at the age of 26, he moved over to Alberto Salazar in Oregon. Um, and Salazar, as we know, tested testosterone on his sons. Um, he infused Steve Magness, um, who was at the time a coach at the Oregon Project, um, with over a litre of L-carnitine, which is 20 times the legal limit. Um, he helped Lauren Fleshman to fool an asthma test so that a doctor would give her more medication. Um, so you know, some of those things are the area, like the asthma meds. Um, the testing testosterone is, is a, you know, that is obviously a straight ban and that's not allowed in a sense. So, you know, people can say grey area all they like, but there are, there are very clear um, anti-doping rule violations going on there too. Okay, Louise, uh, just uh, on Friday, I think it was, and I know we sort of like uh, sort of discussed this a little bit like on uh, online, um, is that uh, this now increased, this explosion, shall we say, for want of a better word, of uh, TUE, that's the therapeutic use exemption. So basically people can take all these, you know, medicines for asthma and so on and so forth, whether they need them or not in most cases. Um, in Russia, it's exploded since UCAD, UK Antidomic came in. Um, is this a kind of a systemic process to cover up and make legal doping in, in, in your opinion? It certainly looks that way. And the fact that, you know, the eyes of the world are on Russia and there can't be that, that turning a blind eye to systemic doping that was going on. You know, coaches and athletes have to find a way around that. And obviously one of the ways that they found is to abuse the TUE system or, you know, maybe to use the TUE system in a very clever way um, to get access to similar types of medication that enhance performance. Okay. And that, of course, includes uh, asthma inhalers and so on, because, of course, David Beckham, um, after he was photographed uh, inhaling on his uh, asthma inhaler suddenly became asthmatic so it's a kind of a strange one Louise uh, before we let you go just one final question is there any reason to believe in what we're seeing say on the athletics track or on, on distance should, should we sort of like just park our brains at the at the ticket counter um, or, or, or is there actually a reason to believe what we're seeing on the track is actually real and not say chemically enhanced um, well I don't think so and unfortunately, WADA, um, the people who should be helping us to believe what we see, and they also don't think so, because they are admitting that um, they catch less than 1% of people who are doping, and that's based on their own stats. Um, so, you know, you have a much better chance of getting away with it than getting caught. So 1%. Um, Is, do we... Lise, we're going to let you go, but thank you so, so much for that. And uh, listen, fingers crossed in Liverpool, at least keep it going till the end of the season. Here's hoping. Okay, thank you. you know they're clean, right? uh, pardon? <laughs> oh, they're definitely clean. Let's, let, let's hope There's so. There's no we're, question mark there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there, okay? <laughs> they're just naturally fit. Listen, thank you so much, Louise. You have a great evening back home in Ireland. Thank you. Thank you. That was Louise Carr, of course, of Swift Girl Athletics. Um, Andy, some, some things to think about there. Well, I've already made the connection in my head between Mo Farah and Mo Salah. They kind of rhyme.
There you go. Uh, no, you wait until she got off the phone no to say comment. that, you son of a... Okay, folks, the first uh, the first uh, voucher, the first voucher um, for 1,500 rubles, of course, the answer is not you, Peter. The answer, of course, is... Cleveland. Cleveland, exactly. Man City, Man City is the answer, of course, Raheem Sterling. And it goes to you, Katerina, Katerina, who is driving right now up uh, back to Moscow, she says. So a 1,500 ruble voucher to you for silvers on Mokovaya. We're going to go out to the break. We're going to come back with the beautiful Andrew Flint right after this with the, of course, luxurious beard and so on and so forth. We're going to go out with Justin Timberlake and Can't Stop the Feeling. With Alan Moore. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it. Moving so phenomenally. you when you 